Yeah, true. And uh, and another thing that occurs to me is that when they're talking to their friends about we should book with these people, or or maybe after the booking's been made and the friends are being hesitant, um, and when we say friends, romantic partners, school groups, church groups, whatever, right? Um, it's it's representing a group, obviously. Um, then they can be like, well, look, I spoke with him. He had answers to every single one of my questions. Uh, and if you look at the website, they have a lot of detail about the information. Like he can kind of lean back into the relationship, I guess, as a way of, of saying, look, we can trust these guys or we can trust these people. Exactly. That person essentially becomes your salesperson, right? So you know, you're saying about your selling to at the end of the day, they then have to go away and sell it to their, to their group. So. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The more you can get them on side, then the better. Are you interested in adding multi-day to your day tour business? Are you looking to understand growth and scale strategies in the multi-day world? Looking to finally crack the technology stack you need to organize, automate, and grow your business? Then join Tourpreneur in Seville, Spain, for Tourpreneur Connect, sponsored by We Travel, Yuli, and Abac DMC Spain. November 27th to 30th, 2023, for an event unlike any other in our industry. Open to strictly 100 operators. Pete, Mitch, Chris, and other industry experts will guide you through the do's, don'ts, twists, and turns of running a multi-day tour business. Not only that, Tourpreneur are giving back as we will be bringing in local suppliers and businesses to help us run the event. We're also opening up to a number of locally-based tour operators who can attend for free. So join Tourpreneur in Seville for Connect November 27th to 30th, 2023. And join us for an unforgettable experience of learning and connection in one of Europe's most unforgettable cities. Visit tourpreneur.com slash connect for more info. this is a very interesting one i this is a conversation i guess that was always going to happen but i never ever considered how or when but it was inevitable wasn't it russ is russell here from uh tourism tiger yeah hi Matt. just can't stop uh gravitating towards each other can we <laughs> yeah that's right we keep on finding each other um so russ uh tourism tiger well what's the title that you're using nowadays you are the uh, of tourism tiger yeah, so I tend to go with the director of business development. Uh, director of business I, development. I like the the term director. Cool. So, um, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> director. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, uh, at Peak, I was a director of marketing, right? When I was uh, doing the head of marketing thing over at Peak Pro for a couple of years. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a definitely a, it's a nice one. Um, so, obviously, Trojan Tiger. Websites for tour and activity operators. That's right. Uh, the largest, um, largest independent web agency serving tour and activity uh, operators in the world in terms of more websites built and managed than any other company. Is that right? I'd like to think that. Um, I've not actually gone through the statistics, but definitely yeah. built there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it adds it. Seven years now? Seven years. Eight years. Eight years. Eight years. And a hundred and something people uh pay tourism cyber on a monthly basis not just to build websites but also um as, as to host them maintain them they have a team that's sitting right there um anytime you want to email you to make a change to your website obviously if you build your website with tourism tiger there'll be someone there to help make the change and as a client of tourism tiger i make use of that on a regular basis but there's a unique part of our relationship and i think a lot of 
listeners will be aware, but a lot of our listeners won't be aware is that, um, I was your boss, I guess is the best way to determine it, right? <laughs> I started Tourism Tiger. <laughs> I started Tourism right. Tiger, ran it with Rebecca, um, ran it for a few years. And then you and Simon came along, you're doing a wonderful job. And we started, uh, we started having, I guess, life, life forces pulling us back to Australia. And rather than close Tourism Tiger down, you and Simon took it over. Uh, took over the management of it on a day-to-day basis. Is that the best way to, to summarize that story into a very short nutshell? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's been five years now, hasn't it, since that, that change happened? Well, so we ran it for about three years and you ran it for about five. Yeah, yeah. So, essentially, yeah, essentially I'm more tourism tiger than you now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's true. That's yeah, that's crazy. Never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's it is true that yeah you 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 spent more of your life than I have. Um, so Russ, Russ has got some, a really amazing framework that he's going to share with us in a second for a, a simple way to think about how to make sure your website uh, is adapted to the different types of visitors that uh, that uh, come to your website, and we'll get to that soon. But Russ, what was it like to to step into the void at Tourism Tiger? How were those first days after? after you've made that decision and committed to it? Well, first of all, not what void. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it was obviously, um, it, it was a big task because I think, I mean, one of the reasons why you're here now hosting this podcast is because you, know, you are a big name within, within the tourism industry. So for myself and Simon to, to step in there and yeah, take the reins and try to put our own stamp on the business yeah it was definitely definitely a challenge to do and um, i think i think we've done that obviously it's been five years so you'd hope so and um, taking it in our own direction so yeah it's 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 been a really really good journey so really enjoying it love working with toys and tiger love working with our partners as well so definitely learned a lot over these last five years that's good. Yeah, I don't know about the big name in the industry bit, but um, but uh, you've definitely, you guys have definitely done a wonderful job. Um, but at the at those at the first moments of doing it though, were there any moments where you regretted taking over the day today of Tourism Tiger, where you kind of looked at the mirror and you're just wondering why why have I done this? <laughs> and I don't think so. There was times. And I'm sure every single person listening to this podcast thought this, but there's times during uh, the pandemic where it was a case of why do we have to work in the tourism industry? You know, why is this happening to tourism? And, um, you know, it was a very dark time for, for a lot of people. But no, aside from that, I loved every moment of it, definitely. Wow. And um, so where's the team based at the moment? Um, what's, the, what's the split look like? So we've got, Probably over fifty percent of of our workforce still based in Chile in the in the head office there in Santiago, as as we know San Hatton they call it, and <laughs> um, yeah. Aside from that, we've got a few people over here in Europe. So myself and Simon and I are both based in in the UK. Simon's in London. I'm in Manchester, and then yeah, we've got a few people across Europe too. But so, um... we maintain Santiago as our head. That's amazing. So yeah, we we started at uh, we started at office in Chile because 
because the Chilean government gave us a grant to move to Chile and we started putting job ads up and we're getting a lot of applications from expats, like people who are from all over the world who were living in Chile who there weren't too many options besides English teaching. And so we started recruiting an amazing team um, in a way that we would never have expected and that's 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 that momentum has never never really gone away, which is quite special. Okay, you got Europe, you got UK, you got all that sort of stuff. Uh, the majority of the customers from all over, there's not one particular place, right? You've got tons of there's tons of tourism driving customer rules in from the United States, lots from UK and Australia. But it's a pretty it's a pretty broad mix. Yeah, that's right. I'd say the majority are in the United States. We've got around forty five percent of our client base in the United States and Canada, North America. And um, we have quite a few people in the Caribbean as well. That tends to mm. that tends to be a big region for us. Australia, New Zealand, and then yeah, all across across the world. We've got people in Tanzania, uh, people in Hong Kong, in uh, Norway. Yeah, just all around, very eclectic. So, yeah, a lot a lot of different nice. going on. And before we get into the meat of it, I have to ask, and you can be an honest, give an honest answer, right? So we we have three websites with Tourism Tiger, and we've paid market rate each time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we pay as far as best as I can tell. We're paying the market rate on our monthlies as well. Is that right? No special deals for us. So um, feel free to give it to me, Russ. Like, what are we like as a client now that that was at the the British <laughs> on the the British on the other foot? This is being recorded, Matt. So I'm not quite sure. It is being recorded. I and and <laughs> like, there's, there's, what is it? What's the answer? <laughs> no, no. I, I, I'm ready yeah. to hear the truth. I'm ready no. to hear the truth. <laughs> no, you're very valued as a client, definitely. And, and yeah, you you keep us busy with tickets, but yeah, I think that's important that we have a solid base of people who you know really value the service and get the most out of it. And then, as as Matt, you're very much aware we're currently working on your new projects as well, and yeah, you've been really uh, pushing the team to deliver something that really reflects your brand on there as well. Um, and and uh, yeah, at the end of the day, when a client is very specific about what they want it really pushes us to deliver. So yeah, it's something that we really value. Great. Cool. Um, sweet. So, so Russ, you are here to, you're going to be joining us a few times. I hope this is not going to be the one episode, but today what we're going to be talking about is the different types of people, the personas, right? To build, to build your website around the different types of people who are looking at your website and how to tailor the information to those people. So should we just go straight into it? Like what, what is this category of pers- before we go into each one? Um, what is this concept of personas and how did how did you arrive to that? Yeah, so I mean in terms of the personas, what, what we did was we sat down and we thought about when we're designing a website, who we actually building and designing the website for, you know, who we're writing the content for, who's actually gonna be visiting the site. And everyone has a certain um, profile, a certain segment that they're they're targeting, you know, whether that be um boomers or millennials or Gen Z. But at the end of the day, even amongst those uh, segments, you're going to have people reacting and responding and, and essentially wanting information be, to be presented in different ways. So the idea of the personas is that, yes, you might be aiming for the boomer market, you know, North American, educated, but we want to actually hit each of those people, how they actually want to absorb the information, how they want to digest it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've heard these personas before. 
they they now that I've got a, uh, a travel business, they very very much resonate with how our business works. So let, let's just let's rip the band aid. Let's let's stop making people wait. Russ, what's the first persona? Yeah, so the first persona that we have we call Rush Hurry Rose. So Rush Hurry Rose is the kind of person who, essentially, when they're browsing, they might have very very specific information that they want answered in order to book a tour. So let's say they have a certain budget or maybe they're only in town for a particular day or they want to visit a certain location. You know, so they'll have these very specific parts that they want to tick off and they don't necessarily have the time to sit down and start digesting each individual website. So because they're quite time poor, they might essentially just go onto Google, type in their search term, and start opening all the tags and just going one by one through trying to either mark someone in or mark someone out. So yeah. with someone like Rose, go on, sorry. Right this is me, I'm Rush Harry Matten. <laughs> you just described the exact way that I, I looked actually over 15 tabs and just going really, really quickly. Like look at your prize, you get the exact thing I want to do. Just, you, do you remember? I remember. I remember when you when I first started at Size and Tag and you were training me, and I was looking at your Google Chrome, and it was just, I was a mess. Yeah, no idea how you find your way around that. <laughs> I've already got like twenty five tabs open right now as we speak, and yeah, when people walk past my computer and they see me using it, they just yeah, they always freak out. They was just like, oh my god, how can you live that way? Well, Rush Harry Matt's or Rush Harry Roses is how we just how we roll. So. It's not just a case of having multiple tabs open, is it? Like, what, 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 what is? Tell me more about Rose, I guess. Yeah. So, what with Rose, she clicks on on the link onto your website. It needs to load straight away, right? It, it needs to be quick loading for someone like Rose. If she's going to be waiting a few seconds, she's just going to click off and go on to the next site, right? So it has it has to load very quick. That's the first uh, part of call. Now, because she's got very specific information that she's searching navigation needs to be really clear as well so there's there's this concept that some people will go straight to the menus to browse and other people will like to scroll through the site to find the information right so we need to basically pull out that key parts of information or make sure that navigation is really clear so she knows where to go to find that information so that that's kind of your, your first step that she can navigate very easily either through the menu or through your homepage. Right, because she'll be filtering out. So, and and uh, this is like I said, this is the exact way I, I, I do it. Um, I open up a ton of tabs and I, I'm trying to filter as quickly as possible. I'm trying to reach to a short list as quickly as possible. So if there's anything about the website that, that puts me off, I'll just close it. I'll give it probably five or 10 seconds. Right. Um, uh, but you also mentioned that my specific things that we're looking for as well, right? So effectively, it's just a very, very rapid um, prioritization exercise to then figure out who's actually worth looking at. Exactly, exactly. So that's it. You know, you've got, she comes on the website and you've got to stand up to that first impressions test. Then it's a case of, cool, can I get to that tour page that I'd be interested in? So again, really clear navigation onto that tour page. Then is your key information pulled out? Is your key information visible without Rose having to scroll through text? Because again, if it's not standing out, she's just going to go, cool, these people aren't living up to what I'm looking for. 
next one. So yeah, just pulling that key information out, you know, what time does it start? What days does it run on? How much does it cost? You know, these, these are very clear, basic uh, parts of information that could rule you in or rule you out. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, and something that's worth um, adding here, actually, now that we're, because obviously this is being multi-day, I think some people will be thinking about this going, well, you know, it's a multi-day and people tend to read my stuff a bit more and maybe they do but think about it maybe they don't right like they like we have a lot of clients who get in touch with us who've clearly not read any aspect of the website right despite yeah it's been built by tourism doctor it's quite clear right but they'll get in touch very very quickly because they want to check in they want to check one or two specific things and uh and i think it's 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 easy to think that oh um you know, rush Harry Rose, maybe that's a day tour thing, but it's most definitely having lived this, it is a multi-day tour thing as well. Um, that people, even though they maybe were quite well invested in your brand or quite well invested in, in a certain type of experience, which is our case, right? Like we have actual fans of our brand, um, which is cool in terms of patch adventures and also our other brands as well. We're starting to develop fans, but even then people will perform one wrong impression and they won't go, they won't, they're just like, no, that tour's not for me. And they're on a sales call with one of our salespeople for one of the other tours. And, they'll, and, they'll, and the salesperson will bring something up. And they'll be like, oh, well, I didn't want to go because of X, Y, Z. And they're like, well, no, that's actually, you formed an incorrect impression about a tour. So so obviously, um, we've got the speed, we've got the navigation, we've got the clear information. But even even that will only get you so far with Rush Harry Rose, right? It will help you, but it only get you so far. So what are some other things we can do to... To make sure Rush Harry Rose gets the information that she needs in order to um, make the, the snap decision in our favor. Yeah, well, it's something you mentioned there, Matt, about people getting in touch. Like someone like Rush Harry Rose probably wouldn't even bother, you know, getting in touch if she didn't have that key information answered. So, yeah, just like you say there, you know, you still get people who are getting in touch and they might re- misinterpret certain parts of information, but there's enough there that they have banished to take it to, to get them to, to spend time. Speaking to our sales team, and um, so yeah, with with Rose as well, you know, what what else can we pull out? So some people will have um, like testimonial pages, which you know are, are very good, and it gives someone a place to find testimonials. But if you're able to pull those testimonials and interweave them into the site and make them clear, then again, someone like Rose, she's coming across those testimonials as she's searching for her information. So if, if there's anything else that we can, like I say, interweave into that site and, and make it more intuitive when she's when she's scrolling through, then those kind of things will help increase her uh, level of certainty when, when right. she's coming to buy. Um, but an, another thing that's very, very key, especially if you, know, you, you are doing single-day experiences but also multi-day experiences as well, is allowing people to find out how to take the action. So once they've actually built their interest in your products, in your service, you know, how do they actually, what do they do now? Do they need to get in touch? Do they need to ring you? Do they need to fill out a form? Do they need to book online? You know, so making sure that it's really easy and really intuitive to, to find that next step in the journey. Is there any special tricks or, or is that not worth delving into? So there's different things that we can do with the with the photos, with the text as well. So making sure that your text is very clear in terms of your headers, right? So a lot of the time people want to 
I can't think of a better word than wishy-washy, but sometimes people want to use headers that elicit certain like connotations and, and feelings, which which can be very good, but they also it, your headlines also need to be clear. It also needs to be obvious, like what this relates to specifically for someone like Rhodes. So I'd, I'd loop that in. There's other things to to bring up with the images, and that we can talk about when we talk about other sonas. Yeah. So clear, not clever. That's um one of a, an expression that I learned a few years ago. That it wow. kind of comes back to what you're talking about. That we've seen it so many times when with running activity operators. You know, when I was running Tourism Tiger, and now that you are. You're having people wanting to be quite, you know, they want to put like a a, a, a fancy quote right front and center on the website, right? Mm-hmm. They want to find the most valuable website with an inspirational quote about travel from an saving way, right? Which is lovely, but people just don't sit down to look at websites. People will sit down to look at websites to solve problems, to get to answers, right? It's quite rare that someone goes to a productivity website to linger. So... Especially if that person's name is Rashi Rhodes, so um, <laughs> but I'm curious. I'm I'm starting to become curious because so, I've um I've heard this before, but I can't remember which one's next. Eddie is someone who is all about excitement, right? It's it's about emotions. He he's really invested in what this tour or what this experience is going to do for him. So with someone like Eddie, essentially, we, you know, he he lands on the website. And we want him to already be feeling that experience, right? So in terms of like the, the layout of the site, in terms of the images that we're using, the branding of the site and how that feels and, and what kind of emotions we can we can pass on to someone like Eddie, you know, that's really important in getting him to a level where he's gonna be ready to to move forward and, and actually book. And if we can build up his level of experience, that is what uh, levels of excitement, sorry. And that's essentially what he's going to do. Mm. So, all right. So, so what I'm gathering is Eddie is not going to be sitting there reading big walls of text. He's trying to like, what you're trying to talk about, they're kind of trying to find the exciting bits and sort of really place themselves in the moment. Exactly. Yeah. So it's very, very emotive um, kind of bio that we're, we're talking about here. So with, with Eddie, he's, you know, he's going to read the content, but, Again, we need to make sure that content really grabs him, you know, that, that he can become immersed in the experience through that content. So what what can we pull out here? You know, what parts of information are going to be important or passages of text are going to be important to, to help with that? And in terms of stuff like testimonials, again, you know, he's looking for the kind of testimonials saying what an amazing time it was. You know, he, he's looking for specifics of... The actual experience within those testimonials as well you know so rather than oh we had a great time you know it was an amazing experience seeing antelope oh, i can't think of a more expen- uh more uh, <laughs> exciting <laughs> animal. Yeah, a lion lion's more exciting yeah. isn't it yeah. Uh, yeah getting that close to a lion so if so if we can talk mm-hmm. about the actual experience itself then he can start picturing himself within that experience with the testimonial yeah. Also, I mean, coming back to Rose, sorry, Matt, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting a bit immersed in this myself now, but also coming back to Rose when we're talking about ma- making it a really clear and logical um, journey through the website, making sure it's intuitive. You know, we don't want him to have a bad experience on the site. You know, he has to, you know, find the information that he's looking for as well, and it has to be intuitive, otherwise 
we're going to kill off his excitement around the package if the website's not living up to it. Did you know Tourpreneur also has a Facebook community of over 7,000 tour operators? If you are not a member, then search for Tourpreneur on Facebook and join a thriving community of tour operators and other travel professionals, all of whom learn from each other as well as from Chris, Mitch, Pete, and many other industry experts. By becoming a member, you will be notified first of any events, meetups, and exclusive content. Join the Tourpreneur community today. Facebook.com slash group slash Tourpreneur. So, um, yeah, you hit upon, I just want to come back to the text here, right? Because people can often be very literal in how they describe their tours. Or when or when they do try to describe and try to write it well, they sometimes go very, very flowery. Um, and when writers join our team, that's one of the first things we have to kind of delete from their head is, and you know, I'm talking about freelancers, not like I have a full-time team of writers just sitting there. Um, not yet. Anyway, um, the what we find sometimes is that people can default to using extremely flowery language, um, very big kind of fancy adjectives. But one thing I noticed when um, George and Tiger did our Camino Women website was that the team was really smart in that they didn't do that. Right? They they were much more about trying to put you in the moment, emphasize the right experiences, and kind of create a paint a scene as opposed to talk about oh you'll be going you know you'll be the sparkling this and the sparkling that or you know the whatever the sumptuous this and scrumptious food and all these kind of adjectives that we try to use when we're trying to impress our teachers when we're 15 years old right mm -hmm. but but it that's not what any experience is necessarily looking for because any experience kind of will probably kind of trip up on those words right it's kind of be like kind of almost it was doing the kind of thing almost bogs the experience down of 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 reading and um and 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 the way of tradition tiger where there's kind of much more i think simplicity built into the actual words used to enable the writing to flow so that people can just flow without getting distracted by these words is something that i i personally feel is, is quite effective is is that something that you've had much of a hand in russ yeah, so I'd like to take credit for all that, but no, we've got a great we've got a great content team. So in terms of in terms of content team, you know, th there is a lot of training that goes on to make sure that, that happens. And I mean, you touched on it there about um, about the words that you use. So that the average, and it always tends to be Americans. Maybe it's only Americans that do these kind of um, this kind of research, but. And the average American has a reading age of eighth grade, which is what, 13. So yeah, if you apply that to the entire public, you know, you don't want to be using, you know, words that you'd only find in research papers or, you know, in, in big worlds of prose, you know, it's about making sure that it's accessible language. And yeah, like you say there, make sure that it's very specific to the experience that it's describing as well. So yeah, I'd say I'd love to yeah. take personal um, credit for that, but yeah, it's yeah the, the team are very good at what they do, and you know, that that training has been continuous. Nice. So, um, all right. So Rush Ray Rose rushes through the website, hopefully finds the correct information. Eddie experience kind of immerses himself through the photos and the videos, and gravitates towards the sort of stuff that. In the, in the website that will help Eddie understand whether they're going to really have that feeling. Um, what's the next person? 
Yeah, so next persona that we've got is not necessarily the polar opposite of Eddie Experience, but we've got Hesitant Henrietta, who, yeah, I mean, the name is what it says in the tin, right? So Henrietta has a bit more anxiety about about making a booking or making that commitment about choosing the right operator to to go with essentially as well as you know other things about the actual tour as well potentially yeah this is amazing um every 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 person that we bring up i instantly feel the people right so with any experience um you know we, we've got a silk road a 24-day um silk road trip that we're selling is selling quite well and and I was talking to one of the guests the other day and I was walking th- her through a couple of last minute changes that needed to be made to the itinerary. And she didn't care, right? She's like, mm-hmm. well, Matt, I know you're, I'm in your hands and I know you've got an amount. I know wherever you take us into Tajikistan, it's going to be incredible. You don't need to worry. And like that is any experience to a T, right? That is, yeah. is, is much more about chasing the experience than in, being like, oh my gosh, on day 10, they said they would have this and this and that. There's much more about the vibes. Whereas Hesitant Henrietta is wanting to know what exactly happens to me if one of us gets COVID mm. on this trip? And, or what about the restrictions or what about, um, and I think the COVID references will probably date pretty fast, but they'll be asking, um, well, on day seven, this is something that happens so much. Like on day seven, I, no- I noticed there's a bit of a hike through this particular area. I'm just wondering, like, is it, is the ground stable or is it, is it like, um, asphalt, right? And people like with very, very specific questions about these little details. That's hesitant in Rieta, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So it, it could be about, like you say, the actual details of the experience itself. So maybe Henrietta's not feeling um, as physically fit as, as she's felt in the past. So maybe she's worried that, you know, she's not going to be able to keep up with the rest of the group with certain things. Maybe, like you say, she's worried about something going wrong with the tour and what kind of can't think of the word what kind of procedures you put in place to deal with those kind of issues that might arise and also you know Henrietta could be worried about your company right so if someone comes onto your website they've never heard of you before like why should they trust you with you know in, in your case but you know some of your experiences are two weeks so you know why why should I spend you know thousands of dollars and two weeks of my life with your company like how how can i trust you i know the answer now i know the answer now i've got i just put a big quote up maybe that'll be enough um but for all those people who don't have the, the benefit of russell assel Coates saying beautiful things about them on podcast how do you how do you um how do you help uh henry hesitant henrietta reach her conclusions yeah so with henrietta i mean there's there's some there's some very basic things that we can do that when added together can create a, a full picture. So first and foremost, you know, the website has to work, right? It, it has to has to look like it's being maintained, looked after. Someone comes on your website and, you know, you've got all your tours listed from 2021 still. Then she's thinking, well, hang on, you know, are these guys even still operating? So, you know, it, need, it needs to feel like it's being maintained, looked after, and that, it works, you know, links aren't broken, you know, you're going through to the right section of the site, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, make sure that it works. Another thing that we can do with someone like Henrietta is making sure that we're including, like, again, just like with Eddie, 
you know testimonials you know we we're, we're getting her peers to to talk about the experience that they've had you know so she knows that she's not the first guest that, you, that you've ever looked after or that you're not just yeah. sat somewhere in you know a far-flung country taking her money so yeah making sure that we're bringing in other people's experiences but then also other measures of credibility so we can build credibility by talking about associations that you're a member of right so that that again that's being reviewed by your peers rather than their peers you know it could be that you've appeared in different magazines or been featured in on websites or newspapers those kind of things so you know showing as featured in showing how many guests you've looked after or what your personal experience is so i know one thing with patch is Rebe is a big part of Patch, isn't she? And like really kind yeah. of speaking from the individual, you know, this is me, this is what I do, this is what I'm looking to, the experience I'm looking to give you, these are my values. So yeah, they can really start resonating with, with the people behind the business and not just, you know, this random website that I've just come across that whose name I can't remember. You know, I'm seeing someone's face here and I'm right. really engaging with them. Yeah, one thing one thing we're speaking with clients lately, and um, we do have a sales team, but I'm a big believer that you should never ever lose touch with your clients. And we have a process, Russ, that I don't think I've ever told you about called um, Zero Daylight. And every week, every single person in the company must attend a call with a client. They don't have to do the call, but they must attend a call with a client. So even if you're a customer facing, if you work in marketing or if you work in trip design, you come to the call and you listen to how people are reacting, the the, the the hesitations they have, the questions they have, what excites them about a trip and all that sort of stuff. It means you never lose touch with the guests. And something that came up on a, a call quite recently was, and this is classic hesitant Henrietta, was asking us about um, stuff we posted on Facebook, but had clearly read like months worth of posts on Facebook, checking checking us out, right? And, and picked up on like, like uh, uh, one very big post that we put up, like for the, picked up a one little comment in the fifth paragraph, right? About um, and this was and this was a, a post where we were criticizing um the government travel alert system of Australia, which is a rant for another day. But um, that's classic hesitant Henrietta. She'll she if she's not comforted yet, she will go through, and and obviously it can be hesitant Henry as well. We just went with I think we just gone with Henry Henry Henrietta just for the sake of. I mean, somewhere we can latch onto here, but we'll go through in, in detail to try to get answers to those questions. So I think one that's probably one of the good things about Hesitant Henrietta is they give you a chance, right? They give you a chance. And if you do the work of updating your, your descriptions, your FAQs, making sure that your content addresses those objections uh, and um, making sure that, you know, your, your social media profiles are active and live and posting photos of guests on the trip, you can really have a shot at getting Hesitant Henrietta through the doors. Before we move on to the next persona, is there anything anything more that we should know about Hesitant Henrietta? Yeah, so, I mean, I touched on it there when I was talking about reviews, and I think you've kind of brought it in there. You mentioned social media, but, you know, really reaching out for uh, testimonials, for reviews after people have visited and, and taken part in your experience. So, you know, whether that's going to be via TripAdvisor or Google reviews, you know, set on your platform and really push that because that's going to really help your credibility when it comes to someone like Henrietta. Mm. And and then the, the last train. Yeah. 
and uh, just coming on to, to the last point before we move on as well um is the photos right so can we answer her concerns via the photos if i come on your site and every single photo feels like a stock image then again it's like are you really there are you really delivering this this experience so you know i'd, I'd like to see you know if it's yourself or your tour op or you know your um member of your staff you know actually delivering that tour that experience or you know are, are we just showing people who are 25 years old who look like they're on the latest series of love island you know we, we need to see that different demographic and the people who are actually engaging with your tours so someone like henrietta can feel more secure in making that booking yeah, that's right. Um, that's a great point. Sometimes the selection of certain photos generates more objections than it actually solves. Right? Because if people see people in the photos that don't look like them, it makes them worry that they'll fit in. Um, when it comes to women's walking, um, community women, one of the big reasons that people sign up to our trips is because they, they've been on trips in the past where there have been gung-ho men who just want to go off charging all over the place and they feel a little bit and they feel they have felt in the past a little bit left out or made to feel like they're less worthy or make to feel like they're holding the group up. And a big reason why women sign up for women's on the trips is so that they don't have to go through that again or ever have that feeling. And so if you put if you have an exercise experience that shows tons of people with buff bodies all over the place who are crushing it, then the people who are just ordinary people might look at that and go, Oh, I'm not gonna fit in. So, um, Russ, how many how many more personas do we have? So we've got two more to, to talk through. Mm -hmm. So the next, yeah. the next one, yeah. And the next one is questioning Quentin. So in many ways, Quentin is quite similar to Henrietta. Um, yeah, essentially, again, as you can tell by the name, I mean, the, these things kind of explain themselves. Um, Quentin's the kind of person who just wants to have they probably printed off their itinerary before they've arrived, probably annotated it. Um, they, they've got all these different expectations. Um, and essentially, before making the booking, they're going to want all their questions answered in order to, to get themselves, like Henrietta, to that level of certainty right. of, of moving forward. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I'm seeing it right now. Like, uh, I guess the other day, she was asking um, very specific questions about should she get rabies vaccine to go to Kyrgyzstan and asking questions about should she bring probiotics to the trip and then was asking about uh, what about headache tablets? Can we bring a tablet that contains codeine? There's things like that I've never been asked before. And then I Google it and it turns out it's actually a topic. But but that's questioning Quentin to a T. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, we touched on it before with Henrietta about you know keeping your frequent last questions updated is is a really key one but also can we answer someone like Quentin's questions question Quentin's questions can we answer those questions <laughs> in the actual itineraries themselves you know can we preempt things where you know that person's not kind of feeling a bit empty after it after reading through the full itinerary saying well you know I, I still don't know what I'm actually going to be doing, or I still don't understand, you know, are you going to cater to my right. gluten-free diet? So rather right. that person having to get in touch with you and, you know, you having to, and they having to spend time going through this, 
you know, can we answer the questions there and then? So by the time they do contact you, yeah. you know, they're, they're more in a position to buy. I love it. Um, and again, this is something your copywriters do. The copywriters here in do. I, I remember it. I remember this because if you have, uh, for example, your directory restriction one, right? You might talk about, and, and you might mention that like in, in, in tonight where we might be visiting, you know, one of Sicily's most famous pizza joints has been open since 1820. And owner, the owner Roberto is one of the most lovely men in Sicily. And he has, he's, he's, he's booked a corner in the restaurant for us. Right. And then you might say, and yes, don't worry if you have dietary restrictions, we can also cater for you too. Right. That's a perfect example of where it, the question is coming to someone's mind and answering it on the spot rather than forcing them to dig through information. Right. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Since in the last year, I've um, kind of transitioned to vegetarian diet. So those kind of things to me before, I wouldn't even think about it. It was just cool food. Let's do it. But now I'm having to, you know, really think about every time I go on an experience that involves food. I'm really having to think. Okay, are these guys going to cater for me, or am I going to enjoy it just as much mm-hmm. as I would if I was, I was eating meat? So, yeah, it's very important yeah. that. That we're answering some of like Quentin's questions. Beyond dietaries, any other examples of typical sort of people we should keep in mind, or typical kind of angles we yeah. should keep in mind? Yeah. So before, I mean, you mentioned um, the person traveling to was it Turkmenistan? Uh, Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. So yeah, you were talking about, you know, the things that they should bring with them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. The th- yeah. Things they should bring with them. You know, what's included, what's not included. Um, it could be about, you know, if San Francisco, you know, we've done a, we've done a couple of, um, we've done a boating site in, in San Francisco, sailing boats and people turn up to San Francisco in shorts and t-shirt because hey, it's California, isn't it? But as people who have been to San Francisco would know, it's not shorts and t-shirt weather a lot of the time. So, you know, what, how should people dress, you know, what, what sort of clothes are going to feel comfortable in, you know, there's, there's a myriad of different, different parts of information, different questions that we can, that we can answer through the site, depending on, you know, what your experience is. So a lot of the time for tour operators, kind of sitting down and thinking, okay, what mistakes do I see? Or, you know, what calls am I answering? You know, what, what do people constantly ask me? You know, how can I answer these questions on the website? Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, 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 I've had conversations with operators who are like, well, they ask these questions, but it's so clear. And you look at the website and say, well, dude, it's not clear. Right. And so it's not just about answering those questions come up frequently on calls. It's about thinking about the placement of the information. We had someone, we had a couple of people come in the last 48 hours asking if we include flights and, it's, and we're just, and we had a bit of a discussion and we're like, no, it's right there. And then we're like, it is really right there. It's, it, it's not included. And it, but at the same time, it's not in the first few paragraphs. So then we have to be, have, have to have a bit of a thing. Do we want to shift out the information in the first few paragraphs? And in, in the case, like, no, we actually want to emphasize something else. So it just has to live where it is. We have to accept the question. But I think if you haven't really had a thought about those kinds of trade-offs that needs to be made in order to communicate accurately um, and uh, I guess layering the information to appear at the appropriate time, then then there's a good chance there's a lot of mistakes being made in your written descriptions. So, um, cool. Questioning question. Yeah. 
Now, uh, I am questioning. You, mm-hmm, you got to say? Yeah, sorry, just kind of to, to finish off with Quentin, a few things that you can do beside the site itself or in addition to what we spoke about in, in how you lay out the information is maybe on your contact us page, you know, you can have a link there to frequently ask questions as well. You know, if if there's anything that, that you are looking to be answered, then, you know, check out our frequently asked questions page. Um, if someone does fill out the contact form, maybe on the follow-up email that they receive, like the notification email, again, there could be a link on there as well, or maybe you, you include the frequently asked questions within that auto response. So, you know, a member of the team is going to contact you within 24 hours. In the meantime, take a look at our list of frequently asked questions. Um, there's an operator who we work with at the moment who's going to be adding a chat bot to the site. And again, you know, that chat bot is there to, to answer the questions that, that people might get in touch with. So there's a few different things like that that you could do. Or, you know, you could always have live chat on the website. But one thing that a lot of the time people say to us, yeah, cool, I want live chat. But then when you ask them the question, you know, who's going to be looking after it? You know, well, I am. Well, you know, you've already told us that you're going to be operating the tours as well. So what happens if someone gets in touch in those four hours? So sometimes having live chat can actually be a drawback, right? So it's about making sure that if you do have live chat, then someone makes it their priority to, to answer any inquiries that come through. And if that's not going to be the case, then yeah, having a chat box would be a good idea as well. Yeah, having that... Um... Yes, yeah. I mean, I could tangent and talk about that all all night long, but um, I am questioning what's the other persona that is that follows after questioning Quentin. We might question that Quentin. So the the last one that we've got is someone who we call Representative Ryan, and uh, you know, give, given a multi day tour experience, you know, you're gonna have people who sign up on their own, you know, who, who come and join a group. But then I'm sure you also have small groups of people as well who, who get in touch and who take part in the, the tour the experience oh, too. Yeah, so you yeah, represent right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the person who's actually going online. They're the ones making, doing the research. They're the ones who essentially are the decision maker at the end of the day. And they're going to be the ones who are going to place the booking. So representative ryan is essentially your your big money customer Uh so what should i understand about representative ryan i'm glad you asked matt so representative ryan we're essentially ryan's an amalgamation of the other characters right so ryan could be a little bit rush hurry rose you know they're, they're probably going to have four five people's input in what they're looking for so it could be quite specific in terms of like maybe they're the group's only available for a certain week right that they've got to find the tour for or maybe it's a case of the location where they where they want to go or again you know headline details so they might again have 20 different companies that they're trying to filter through to see who can actually do that experience that's going to fit with the group so all the same principles with Rush Hurry Rose. Then we're talking Eddie experience, right? So at the end of the day, Ryan, if he's doing this, making this decision, if he's the person who's going to be sending the group to one particular company, 
you know, he his ass is on the line, right? He's the person who mm. everyone's going to come back to and say, "Oh well, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy that," and he wants to avoid that happening at all costs. So he wants to make sure that this. Yeah, he wants. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Like as I mean, with Rebecca, between Rebecca and myself, I'm the person who makes the bookings, right? And if I screw it up, she lets me know about it. She lets me know about it. Exactly. So Representative Ryan, I feel like I'm, I'm Representative Ryan. Sometimes the rush hour rose, other times, right? And when I'm Re- Representative Ryan, I'm like, I'm not looking through the lens of my own experiences. I'm looking through the lens of the people I'm booking on behalf of, whether it just be my wife or whether it's a group. And it's um, Representative Ryan's got a big load on his shoulders, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And because of that, you know, you then start veering into the hesitant Henrietta stage because, you know, he doesn't want to make that mistake. You know, it's amplified. So, again, really checking into the credibility of the business and making sure that this is the right decision. So, I know personally with myself, if I'm booking an experience, I tend to get through to the booking page and then I actually reopen the website in another tab and then start going through the decision process again. Like just to make sure that mm-hmm. I'm ready to to hit purchase on on the first tab. So, yeah, essentially, you know, are, are we ticking all of Henrietta's boxes? And then the other thing is that none of us like to look stupid as well, right? So, let's say we make that booking as representative Ryan. We go back to the group. Hey guys, you know, I've just booked that that tour. You know, immediately you're going to be fielding a ton of questions, like you know oh, well, what time does it start? Like, do they pick us up from the hotel? Like, what do I need to take with me? And so they know that they're going to get this barrage of questions. So they're then having to preempt those questions. So they become question questioning themselves before they, they make that booking. So, yeah, big money yeah. customer. And if it's one of those processes, yeah, for sure, a big money customer. If it's one of those processes where they're going, obviously, through a through a five ten thousand dollar booking or whatever and and the group is asking those questions before the booking then you they end up being like a almost like a relay messenger between the group and giving them that information i guess is one aspect of it but, but being very responsive is another aspect of it i think one one thing i found when if we talk about representative ryan talking with them on the, on the calls they call up and they're asking a couple of questions and then you know within a couple of minutes it's starting to just peter out like and i say to them would it help you if i just kind of went through all the typical questions other people ask and just and just um tick through them one by one and whenever people hear that they're like, oh, it's pretty much always like oh yes 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 please let's do that every single question let's let's do them all and um it's almost like a palatable sigh of relief okay i mean i've got this guy's in my corner right and um and then you spend 25 30 minutes just going okay so the next question that people tend to ask is about visas right so i've got good news if they're australian and you're passport holders they actually won't need a visa on any of those trips really yes really blah, 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 blah. but what if they're uk well i actually have to check on uk blah, blah, blah. Um, or I'll, let me get back to you on that one. And then you kind of just go through question after question after question and you're selling to them. Yeah. And that's totally fine. They want to be sold to, right? They want someone who's going to actually take their hand um, and guide them through the process as opposed to forcing them to figure every aspect out. Yeah, exactly. And going back to what we were talking about before about credibility, you know, if you're preempting questions, if, you, if you're aware of the questions that other people are asking, and they're thinking, oh, this person's very knowledgeable. Why wouldn't I book with this company, with this person's company? Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. And, uh, and another thing that occurs to me is that when they're talking to their friends about we should book with these people or or maybe after the booking's been made and the friends are being hesitant, 
um and when we say friends romantic partners school groups church groups whatever right um it's it's representing a group obviously um then they can be like well look i spoke with him he had answers to every single one of my questions uh and if you look at the website they have a lot of detail about the information like he can kind of lean back into the relationship i guess as a way of of saying look we can trust these guys or we can trust these people exactly that person essentially becomes your salesperson right so you know you're saying about you're selling to them. at the end of the day they then have to go away and sell it to their to their group so yeah the, the yeah 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 the more you can get them on side then the better it's true. It's um, if you, I love that you put it that way because essentially what they're doing is they're not asking to be sold to. They're asking for help to sell it to their friends if they're getting in touch, and and that's essentially what the website is a vehicle of. It's because it, they will, if they if they pick you, then it's a basic, basically it's like help me sell this decision to other people. Like I wanna I wanna go swimming with pigs in the water in the Bahamas or whatever island it is, um, or throttling with horses in Indonesia, and um, now help me sell it to the rest. And that's obviously if they've gotten in touch, um, it, it, despite the fact that all you you got all these answers on your website, it doesn't necessarily mean that your website's failed. It just might mean that you just need that additional touch point where and your salespeople, or if, if, if you're not the salesperson, your salespeople just need to be trained of just like, look, don't get this person off the phone. Just layer this person with all the information they need and they'll become your biggest champion. So, um, yeah, I love it, Russ. So, uh, wow, this conversation... This is incredible. We've, um, you've, this is meant to be like a quick little conversation and we've ended up turning into almost an hour, um, of pure gold though, pure gold, all, all killer, no fluff. That's, that's Russell Lassell Coates. So if someone wants to, um, learn more about, um, about this concept, I think we've, there's almost nothing they can learn more about. We've covered it quite thoroughly, but if you do want to learn more about tourism.tiger or someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to, what's the best way to, for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, they can drop me an email, which is russell at tourismtiger.com. They can get in touch with us via our website at tourismtiger.com. They can speak with our sales team at sales at tourismtiger.com. Or they can check us out on social media so as well. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, Russell with Russell is 1L, right? Yeah, but because it's so niche, my spelling, you, yeah, you can spell it any way you like. It'll find its way to me. Oh really? <laughs> I had to have so many aliases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was hoping you would say that. You have to have so many versions of your email to make sure that people don't get it wrong. Um awesome, Russ. Thank you so much. I'm so happy we were able to do this. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, no, thanks for inviting me along, Matt. Hopefully get the invitation for, for future series as well.